Hi, my name is Dan Ariely, and welcome to Arming the Donkeys, a weekly podcast about science. Every week, I will talk to one researcher about one project. We'll have a chat about what they found and what it means for our lives. Dan's guest this week is Yuri Simonson, Assistant Professor of Operations and Information Management at the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. So, I'm sitting here with... Yuri Simonson. And you're a professor where? Wharton. And just moved, right? I just moved from San Diego. San Diego. And uh, that can't possibly be a rational move, right? <laughs> well, I'm averse to sun, so it was a very rational move. <laughs> okay. So, uh, you've been using uh, search engines to study what? Well, what we do is we look how many documents have been written about different topics to estimate how often a given phenomenon has happened. So, for example... So, so wait, wait, wait. So, the idea is that you, you assume that things that are written about more often are more common? Right. So, the idea is if something happens... Here's the premise. If something happens, people are more likely to write about it than if it hasn't happened. But, uh, okay, that, that I think seems clear, right? If it never happened at all, nobody would ever write about it. But it, there has to be more nuance than that, just happen or didn't happen. Well, the more often it happens, right? So the idea is every time there's a corruption scandal in uh, New Orleans, somebody will write about it. And if there's a lot of corruption scandals, then a lot of people will write a lot of articles. Okay, so, so for, each corruption in, for each corruption event, you're assuming that um, it's either a yes or no. People write about it or not write about it. Uh, is it also that more important corruptions or bigger ones people would write more about? Yeah, that's, that we treat as, as just random noise. It, it, there is some fluctuation, but in, in our analysis, it seems it doesn't matter too much. Okay, so then what do you do? So what we do is we, we systematically search for, let's say, all the countries in the world. And so let's say we use this search engine online called Exalead, which is a French search engine. And we wait, wait, you're not using the Google? How come? Yeah, they're too smart, so they, they, they cut us off after our first search. And couldn't you get them to not cut you off? You could. So they actually have a system. But what we find out is that a lot of the major search engines, um, their numbers for how many documents they find are not very reliable. So they're, they're, very, they're really estimations. So I don't know if you've ever done this, but if you keep scrolling till the end of the last pages, it's seldom the case that the number of documents they claim they found is the number of found, the documents they actually found. This is awful. So you're accusing Google here. Well, I think it's an honest. <laughs> it's an honest mistake. Interesting. So you're studying corruption and you think they have an honest <laughs> mistake. Yes. Okay, so anyway, so this search engine we, we found to be the most accurate one. When they say there's 37, there's 37 documents. Okay. And so we searched, let's say, uh, um, Chile, the country where Just country, for example. Just a yeah. random country. How many documents talk about Chile? How many of them talk about Chile and corruption? And so you do Chile, all the documents, Chile and corruption the fraction from that it gives you, and then you have a, a ratio of uh, cheating to importance of the country. That's right. So let's say there's a 1,000 documents about Chile, and five of them talk about corruption. It's five over a 1,000 for Chile. So, so you can rate the importance of countries, first of all, right? How many things are written about country? How important is Chile? Uh, to me, very important. <laughs> <laughs> not, not, to, not to most people, I don't think. Okay, so what, what do you find? So what we find is that uh, our measure of corruption correlates very highly with the gold standard of corruption, with the uh, Transparency International Corruption Index. The correlation is like something like 0.7. So it's very highly co correlated. And what, what do you miss? What are kind of the deviations? We couldn't find a systematic pattern. Uh, so I think it's random noise. Okay. So is this kind of a way to validate search engine as a, as a method, or are you interested in corruption in particular? 
I, I, not corruption in particular, but just any anything that there's a lot of things social scientists cannot observe, and this allows them to observe it. So, for example, even though there are ranking of corruption for countries, there is none for cities at the United States level. And so we co- we compiled the first index ever of corruption at the city level in the United States. Wow, how's Durham rank? Do you remember? It was pretty low in the list. Oh, thankful. So high in the list are, uh, if I remember correctly, Chicago. Big surprise there. Yeah, New Orleans, um, Los Angeles, San Diego, actually. It's uh-huh. pretty high. So what else are you trying to do with this uh, approach? So we think it, it can be used to control for all sorts of things in social science studies where you cannot observe a given variable. Um, so let's say you want to control for how capitalistic different cities are. How, and that would be very hard to do, but you could see how many articles about capitalism are written about in relation to different cities. Mm-hmm. And we've toyed around with the idea of, of trying to predict demand for it. So let's suppose the, a new PlayStation was coming up, and you, you wanted to see how much, how much buzz there is about that PlayStation in different cities. You could see how many documents talk about um, Chicago and this PlayStation compared to, say, New York and this PlayStation. So is this something you would recommend to people to do before they move? Like you look at cities and you figure out education and corruption and clean and civil services and you figure out if it's a good place to move to or not? Well, so it's going to be noisy for any particular place. Uh, but And the other thing to keep in mind is that you want to look at something that necessarily, if, if something happens more, there'll be more articles. So, for example, with uh, Sunshine, if you search Sunshine in Seattle, there's a lot of articles about it, and there are articles about how much note Sunshine there is in there. So you want to be careful about that. You have to be careful. Now, the other question is time, right? Uh, web has a long-term memory, and it has a lot of things. So states or cities or whatever changes, you're not going to be as sensitive to this measure, so you have to keep on taking it over time. That's right. So, you, so, so with the web, the way to do that would be you could restrict results to, to be documents that were written last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's hard is to go back in time because people do kill their documents once they're no longer valid. Yeah. Well, there's archive.org, right? You can yes. search on that. So, so unfortunately, archive.org is not searchable right now. You can only browse it. Mm-hmm. But what we did do is also do it for uh, databases of newspapers. Uh-huh. And so with newspapers, you can go back in time. And, and the results are pretty similar with newspapers. Okay, so basically the main point is that uh, lots of people are writing stuff and we can take writing as a measure of both interest but also occurrences and get lots of data about things this way. That's right, that, that's, that's the main thing. And actually we were just contacted by somebody who's been trying to study corruption at the city level and we're providing him for the first time the tool to be able to do that. Uri, thank you very much. Thank you. This has been Arming the Donkeys, a weekly podcast with Dan Ariely, professor of behavioral economics at Duke University. Learn more at predictablyirrational.com. Predictably Irrational.